Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really excited. We have a great interview coming up with somebody who is going to help us with the mealtime struggle and all the food related things with homeschooling and all that good stuff. So thank goodness. Yes. (laughs) But first we have something very cool to share. So this week we have learned about a new resource called streamable learning and it is homeschool week. October 24th to November 1st. So starting today, you can check it out for free. And who doesn't love free? Free is always good. So streamable learning connects you with interactive live streaming events that you can watch in your home, in your kitchen. That's where we always watch. (laughs) In your jammies. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And they have all kinds of really fun events coming up. They are going to have monthly science projects and animal experiences and video gaming and a whole bunch of other things that sound really fun. Yeah, they have over 450 events planned this year. And what's kind of neat, too, is they're really trying to focus on project-based learning. So they're going to have materials for before and after so you can make kind of a whole like study around one of their events, which is really, really neat. An automatic unit study. Yay, yes. So (laughs) here's what's cool. So it's free this week, starting today to November 1st. If you go to www.streamablelearning.com slash mm slash homeschoolers.html. And they even have a deal beyond that. So if you sign up for one of their events this week during the free week, and then you end up signing on for a membership, the normal cost of a membership is $49.99. But if you were registered for a free event this week, it will cost you $39.99. So that's 20% off. Then that's for the whole year. So $40 for the whole year. That's like less than one field trip to anywhere. That's like less than a meal out. So that's like parking in Boston. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or Chicago. Exactly. (laughs) So again, that address to um, check out homeschool week that starts today is www.streamablelearning.com slash mm slash homeschoolers.html. And we're going to go ahead and put all this information in the show notes for you over at the homeschool sisters so that you can make sure that you take advantage of this awesome opportunity. And drop us a line and let us know what you did this week, if you did one, because it would be cool to see what we're all trying. I know there's a whole bunch. If you go over on their Instagram feed, you can see all the events that are coming up. And my kids are super excited to try a bunch of them. It looks like video gaming, animation, fall butterfly day, chemistry day, Halloween science, bad appreciation, animal encounters, just all kinds of really cool stuff. So we have one more resource we want to share before we get to our interview. And it kind of ties to our interview. We want to talk about radish. So fun. You guys have tried radish. We did. We actually, when we first started homeschooling, we got gifted a subscription to radish and it was wonderful. And it was this time of year too. And it helped during the holiday chaos to feel like, you know, during the holidays, you want to be in your kitchen anyway, doing all those projects. And it was kind of fun to lead into the holidays and make it educational. Yes. We absolutely love radish. My daughter has done it for years and she is like a super chef. She can make an omelet better than I can. I make scrambled eggs. She makes omelets. Um, and seriously, there's so much learning that goes on in those kits and they incorporate math and science and geography and culture. And of course, nutrition, which you guys have been studying lately. Yeah, your unit studies. So Radish has been nice enough to offer our listeners a coupon code. They can use the code podcast at checkout for $15 off a six or 12 month membership. And you can even visit radishkids.com slash homeschool to download a free lesson. So you can kind of head over there and see what it's all about before you buy. And then you can use that podcast code and get $15 off. 
Head over to RadishKids.com to learn more, and we will have more information in our show notes, too. So we are actually talking to the founder of Radish today, our friend Samantha Barnes. She is awesome. I got to meet her at the great homeschool conventions in Cincinnati this year, and it's kind of funny because we had taken pictures for Radish, my daughter and I, for a number of years, and we finally got to meet in person, which is just one of those really cool things. She's a homeschooling mom of two. And so we get all these questions all the time about getting meals on the table and how to feed people who are home all day long. And then last episode, you shared an awesome idea about soup on the sidelines. Can you remind everybody about that in case they didn't hear? Sure. So we have a super crazy fall schedule with soccer and dance and a couple other different things. And we are just ending up during that dinner prep, dinner time hour out on the soccer sidelines most days. And it's been a real challenge to try to get healthy food on the table. So I ended up using my old crock pots and making soup and then buying some thermoses and tossing it in there. And that way we have soup on the sidelines. That's but that's really when we're being honest, that's really my only good kitchen tip, <laughs> which is why we need someone to come on. I'm really, well, I'm not thing. Martha's yes. <laughs> That's what we do here. When we get a lot of questions about something and we feel like we can't exactly speak from our own experience completely, we phone a friend. So we're going to call Samantha and we are going to ask her all the food questions. And she I'm has so been excited. teaching cooking for years and she cooks with her kids all the time and I love her Instagram because it's real and it shows, you know, what it's really like to cook with kids. So I just think she's the perfect person to talk to. So should we call her? We should. I'm super excited. Okay, here we go. Hi, Samantha. Good morning. Nice to be here. Hi, hi. How are you doing today? We're great. It's a beautiful day in Southern California, so. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds better than that sounds really nice. <laughs> the Midwest where it's 35 degrees when the dog wants to go out in the morning. <laughs> I miss fall deeply, so I'm I've, I'm a New Englander at roots and uh, deeply miss my my time in fall. So oh yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, so we want to introduce you to everybody. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your work? Absolutely. Thanks, Kara. Um, so my name is Samantha and I'm the founder of Radish and Radish is a cooking club and curriculum for kids. Um, and what makes it unique is that all of our recipes are visual so that kids of all ages and stages can follow along with our recipes. And we have, a very large homeschool component of our program, which is exciting. Um, we think the kitchen is really the tastiest place to learn. And so we use cooking to teach math and science and geography and history. Um, let's see, Radish has been around for about four years. Prior to that, I have um, been running cooking camps in the Los Angeles area for about 10 years ago, for 10 years. And then, um, uh, years ago, I was a middle school teacher, and so that's sort of how I got my start in education. I taught sixth and seventh grade social studies and um, sort of launched from that into teaching cooking, and, and that's where I am today. Um, let's see, my family, I've got two kids. I've got a five and a seven-year-old, and actually this year is our first year homeschooling, so we have just sort of taken the leap, so I'm juggling um, working full-time and running a business with two monkeys at home. Um, we're actually part of a hybrid charter program. So our kids are at school uh, a couple days a week and then they're at home a couple days a week. So we're just sort of adjusting to this world and actually couldn't be happier, really loving every minute of it. And um, there are challenges, of course, and it's, um, yeah, lots of challenges, but really loving it and so glad that we made this choice for our, our family. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. The first year is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. We thought that you would be the perfect person to talk to about this because not only do you have all this experience with food and teaching kids about cooking, but you're also now familiar with homeschooling and what it's like to kind of have to juggle all these different things and being a busy mom, but also everybody needs to eat 
all the time, it seems like. (laughs) We've got a lot of questions, actually, about cooking and various aspects of cooking. But the first one is actually, even before that starts, about meal planning. So... I'm curious if you meal plan, how you meal plan, and kind of what that looks like. Yes. Uh, And meal planning is not something I did before kids. So I love cooking. So in the old days, I would, you know, leave work and go to the grocery store and find something that looks good and come home and make it for dinner and do the same thing the next day. And it was all very hunky-dory. And I had gazillions more time um, than I do now. (laughs) So I've I've sort of learned to meal plan recently. Um, And usually what I do... Usually sometime over the weekend, I will um, go and, you know, get out my, I have a new spreadsheet that I keep now with all my favorite recipes. That's a new thing for me. And um, I look at our schedule. So I try to backtrack into it. So when, when are our late nights? When do we have theater? When do we have soccer coming up? Um, When, you know, I just map out if we have any kind of meetings, anything late at work. So I know where our late nights are, what nights I need a little help with from the crock pot, what nights, you know, we can repurpose some leftovers. Um, so it's very sort of efficient in looking at an entire, you know, five to seven days, which is something I never used to do. Um, and then I back into it. So I will, you know, think about things that I feel like cooking. I'll ask the kids what they might have an interest in eating this week because my son right now I can make his favorite food in the world. And he's like, yeah, I don't want that. It's your favorite food. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want it? And it could be like chicken. Like we're not talking about crazy things here, you know, it just doesn't matter. So I found, you know, just getting to buy in from him and some ownership, like Beckett, what would you like to eat for dinner this week? And sometimes he says things that are totally not expected. I'm like, all right, we'll do that. Um, so that then, you know, five days from now I can be like, you asked for this. Um, so, and then I just, I really just chart it out every day of the week. And, um, and it, it takes a little bit of time. I try to make it fun with, you know, a cup of coffee or, you know, like really try to take it as my own time. Um, when I'm actually crafting the week's meals, um, and it works. Uh, and then I'm, I'm fairly diligent about following it because I've been shopped for the ingredients. I've thought about the ingredients. I've prepped them. And so if something, like, I don't want anything to rock. <laughs> I don't feel very flexible. Like, <laughs> this is what we're having for dinner. <laughs> Sex Friday if we don't do it on Thursday. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. And then it's like dominoes just falling down and you're trying to figure out how to make something out of mustard and olives and everything else is (laughs) your asparagus is squishy and it's too late and it's just a mess yeah yeah Yeah. and Kate I know you were saying in the last episode that you have come up with a strategy recently because your kids have soccer and so it's like a really busy season and so you had to switch things up so anybody that's curious about that can go back one episode and hear a little bit more about soup on the sidelines soup on the sidelines which I love I hope are you gonna write a post about that someday (laughs) maybe I'll do it for this to go along with this one yeah that would be perfect (laughs) and Samantha you talked about using a crock pot too and that's what that's a lot of what Kate's post is about so on those busy nights um what other strategies do you have besides crockpot meals or what is your go-to crockpot meal? Well, and I will say a crockpot is something I never owned prior to kids. In fact, I think I got one and returned it. I was like, I don't need this. I have all the time in the world to cook. Um, and then I got it again. I think I'm on my third one. So my, one of my best sort of tips or strategies is prepping in the morning. I find that if I can get something done in the morning in 10 or 15 minutes, it carves out or buys me like 30 or 45 minutes, you know, at five o'clock, um, when you're trying to do a thousand other things. So I will prep all the vegetables, you know, even just if you're cutting and breaking down a head of cauliflower, a head of broccoli, like doing that in the morning, um, chopping onions in the morning, um, trying to get ahead if I make a quick salsa or a quick salad dressing, doing those things. Um, even I'll make a meatloaf in the morning and then all I have to do is stick it into the oven when I get home or we're ready to go. Um, and it just, it, it's, I don't know, it's sort of therapeutic. Like I get up, I go to the kitchen, drink my coffee and like think about what I need to do. And, and it, 
when I don't do that and I am busy and it's late, then it just feels so overwhelming. And I, and I love cooking and feeding my family is the most, that's my priority in life. Like that's the most important thing I can do as a mom, I think. And when I have that, like, Oh, I have to do this. Then I feel really discouraged, you know, if that's my goal. So I do. I like to, I like to get ahead in the morning. Um, a colleague of mine does a lot of batch cooking on Sundays. I have not gotten into that. I'm, I'm trying, but like, I'll make two dozen muffins and they'll eat them by Monday morning. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's what happens here. I think I'm getting so ahead and then all the food is gone. They're like, yes. hey. yeah, all of a sudden, just because the celery's cut, it's like, there's celery, you know, and it's all yeah. gone by Monday. And I'm like, that was supposed to make it the whole week, you know? Yeah. 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 I, that's, that's a hard thing, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you can, I mean, even just stocking your freezer, like with chopped onions, you know, that can save some time. So I do think, um, getting ahead in the morning or when, when you have a chunk of time during the week is, is really a good strategy. get a bunch of questions from people who are like, my kids have dance, my kids have, um, you know, church groups, my kids have this going on. And so it's kind of this choice of like, do you feed them at four or do you feed them at nine? And how do you actually give them something that isn't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Well, I love, uh, what did you, you call the soup on the sidelines? I mean, I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome um, because, you know, thermoses are fantastic and you can pack so much in a thermos. Um, you, I, I guess I do a lot of soups and stews in the crock pot, but I also will put in, fro- you know, frozen chicken out of my freezer and it'll, you know, cook throughout the day um, and add rice and beans and I, anything that I would I, I, I guess I'm not afraid to experiment with a crock pot. Like anything that I would do regularly, I just try to like hope to make it work in the crock pot. <laughs> and, um, and it, and it usually will work. Uh, let's see, two nights ago, I took a whole butternut squash. I don't know if you've seen this trick, but you can put a whole butternut squash into the crock pot. And then like six hours later, it's soft. So you don't have to peel it. You don't have to do anything special to it. So you cut it open, you take no out the seed. Way. Like, first off, like you can eat it right as is on a spoon. If you wanted, you can put it into a soup. Um, what we did was I made, um, squash and Swiss chard quesadillas. I find that my kids will eat almost anything if it's in a quesadilla. Quesadilla, Yeah. Swiss chard and raisins and butternut squash and cheese. And that it was actually, it was a theater night. It was a busy night for us. And it came together pretty quickly because the hard part, you know, I could cook the greens in five minutes. Um, and the hard part had already been done. And, and so that's, you know, kind of a, a double, like your crock pot and you're getting the, yeah. that's so. genius. Okay. I have to ask you, would that work with the spaghetti squash? Do you think? Um, I would think so. I haven't, I have done to it. try it because I, I have to tell you this. I'm going to I'm going to brag about radish for a minute. My daughter, I think she's so excited about cooking because she made all these radish recipes and they made her feel confident in the kitchen and she knows she can do it on her own. And Mm -hmm. so the other day we were at the grocery store and she saw spaghetti squash and she was like, mama, can I get a spaghetti squash? And I was like, yeah, you can get a spaghetti squash. She's like, even though it's 79 cents a pound. And I was like, yes, even though it's 79 cents a pound, you can get a spaghetti squash. So she's carrying this spaghetti squash out of the store under her arm. And she's like, on the way out, she's like, I am so excited about this spaghetti squash. This is the best decision I made all day. (laughs) But (laughs) I think, you know, it's so great because when kids start to cook, and this is one of the things that Ratchet is all about, right? Is like empowering them and then they're invested in the food that they make. So they're willing to try things that might be a little bit different or, you know, not just chicken nuggets and spaghetti, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and just her sheer excitement for something that is kind of new and different and, and different looking is pretty exciting to hear. Yeah. I'm so, so now I'm excited. That. I'm going I'm to shove that thing in the crock pot. See what happens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I can't see why it's the same process. I would just keep your eye on it. You know, once it's pretty soft on the top, um, slice it and use a fork to, to get out the, 
spaghetti. (laughs) Soup is another good way, I think, to get kids trying new things because I'll put things into soup. I will say in full disclosure, my kids do not like squash that much. Um, so I'm curious to hear how your spaghetti squash (laughs) incident turns out, um, but you know, squash into a chicken stew or a chili, they're fine with it. So something, you know, all the flavors of a a chili kind of all melt together. So I'm going to go back again a little bit because we've been talking about cooking, but we talked about meal planning. Um, shopping. How do you guys feel about shopping? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my brain doesn't work when I have kids with me there. My brain doesn't work. Even if I have a list, something gets forgotten because of just all the chatter as we're, you know, the keeping track of people and the conversations. And then, yeah, they don't have any eggplants that look normal. So then it's like, Wednesday's ruined, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I saw a Facebook live, we'll link to it in our show notes, but I saw a Facebook live that you did where you were talking to a friend who goes to the store three days a week. You said, she Mm -hmm. said for fresh meat. And, um, I noticed that you did not say you went to the store three days a week. So... That's my nightmare. <laughs> I was thinking we could share some strategies for making grocery shopping a little less Yeah, yeah. And painful. what's so great about that story is she's Italian, and I think she just grows up. She, you know, that's part of her culture, shopping for things as you need it. And we always say if there's an emergency or... I mean, we live in earthquake country that she better be at my house where I've got, and even if I have nothing to eat, there's plenty to eat. Where's her house? It's fairly bare. Um, but yes, I really, um, I don't love to go to the grocery store. Um, I am. Yeah. So I think, so two strategies, I definitely know what we're going to be eating all week. And then I shop for those things and I make sure that I get what's on the list. And I do like having, I like stocking up on, you know, cans of black beans and chicken stock and cans of tomatoes, things that I I know we'll need and have and use at some point. So I always have lots of those sort of staples around, um, and then shop for produce and meat, um, and pasta. I try to do in bulk also. So I go to Costco a lot. Um, we are lucky that we can get CSA boxes pretty regularly or have, we have farmer's markets year round, which is nice. Although I don't go to the farmer's market nearly as much as I used to, um, which is too bad, but it's nice to know there's a box that can come and we know the farmer and it feels pretty good. Um, but yeah, shopping is hard and I, I know shopping with, with kids can be harder. Uh, we make sure that our, every month we give our kids a grocery store scavenger hunt so that they can sort of do something while you're there. And I will say last week, and I, I put this on Instagram, I don't know if you saw it, but last week I tried something different and I was just at the store with one kid, which I actually think it made it different because I didn't have to worry about the dynamic between the two of them, which is 99% of my strife in life. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I had my five-year-old and I had just taken a, a paper. I mean, it, this was not rocket science. And I just put the letters, the alphabet on it. And I thought he was just going to find something and cross it off when he found it. But actually he's super competitive. So what he started doing was making tally marks for all of the items that he was finding. And he was playing a game to see which letter was going to win the grocery store. Fantastic. And I also, I went in with a different mindset. Like I, I was like, this is going to be school. And so it took a lot of different pressure off of me. I wasn't rushing through the grocery store. Like this was school and it felt so much more relaxed because I'm not that relaxed mom at the grocery store. I'm very harried. Yeah. Um, and, and he learned so much. We started talking about end sounds and we introduced a few digraphs because the CH, there's chicken and cheese and chocolate. There was all, you know, and it was really fun. And, um, he tallied, he counted, he tallied it all up at the end. I mean, he had, a, he hit everything for a kindergarten and, uh, and we had a blast. So that showed me, you know, I, I talk a lot about teachable moments, but then you have to, you have to follow through on what you talk about right. and what you what you believe in your heart and make the effort and the time to do that. And so that was, that was pretty neat. We can definitely direct people over to your Instagram because I remember seeing that picture and he was happy and totally engaged. And you know what else I really love about your Instagram is that you keep it very real on Instagram. Like there have been times when you'll say, you know, here's this meal, but it definitely wasn't a situation where 
everything was perfect, you know, and it's true when you're trying to make dinner and your kids are arguing and, you know, the dog is trying to grab stuff off the counter and everything else, it's, it's pressure. So I, I just appreciate that you don't always have, you know, this, (laughs) everything is a beautiful spread and coordinated every (laughs) single second without one bit of work. And now I'm off to the spa, you know, (laughs) real life. Yes, definitely. So you were talking about, you know, you always have black beans, you always have chicken stock. There's certain things you always have. Um, do you guys eat either one of you? Do you have like your emergency go-to meal or your back pocket panic? It's five thirty. Everybody's hungry and yelling, and we just need to get something on the table. I would. Yes, there are. There have to be those things. Um, you have to kind of know what you'll be serving if if you don't feel like making what's on your list because you just run out of time, right? Um, I would say I we do pesto pasta or some variation of pasta a lot. Uh, I can make a, even a red sauce super quick. Um, I'll keep pesto in the freezer because it's my son's favorite food. So that will make him happy if I have a quick pesto pasta. Um, if I have chicken, um, throwing the chicken in the oven with, I mean, that's not you know, if you're, if it's last minute, your kids are hungry now and you have to wait 20 minutes for chicken thighs, that's a little bit harder, but you know, it doesn't take much, you know, a little lemon or some good olive oil and a few seasonings and you've got a really nice chicken and, and rice. Um, I'd say quesadillas are sort of my fallback. There's nothing going on tonight. Like we have too much going on. There's nothing to eat and, and I'll throw together a quesadilla with whatever. Um, and if it's just cheese, like what's the worst thing in the world? Um, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I try to, my kids don't love egg dinners, unfortunately. Um, but like this month in our radish kit, we have a shakshuka, which is like a tomato sauce with peppers and, and eggs in it. And it cooks really quickly and really easy. And you don't need that many ingredients on hand, you know, some crushed tomatoes and, and eggs to make that go. Um, scrambled eggs. If, if it's really, really late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You have to, yeah, you have to adjust your expectations a little bit and just realize that every food group might not be represented at every single meal. And I remember Kate and I talking about that once that it's important to take like this big picture look at your week. Like, you know what, if Tuesday night dinner has to be hot dogs, you know, let's not beat ourselves up over that. If it has to be frozen pizza or whatever. And it's not like that's the only thing they're going to eat that week. You know, tomorrow they might have a delicious smoothie for breakfast and, you know, tons of vegetables and fruits and other things. So it all works out in the grand scheme of things. Definitely. Perfectly said. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we also flip our meals. So if we're especially busy at night, I'll have them have like a bigger lunch if we have more space in the day. And that helps. to know about involving children in the kitchen like what what are some of the ways you entice kids to become more involved in dinner and lunch and meal prep and all of that we have a, a saying that we think kids who cook eat so I think the the most important thing we can do is get kids cooking and I realize to some moms that's really daunting and they're nervous about the mess or the safety and um, there's lots of different things that, that are their like freak out point um, but just having them present in the kitchen and and making them able to do the, the little things um, washing lettuce if they're young tearing um, green beans to you know sort of ending the, the green beans um, drying the lettuce you know just little things to sort of get them involved making a salad dressing sort of seeing the way that olive oil and the vinegar come together or um, a creamy ranch and how it all kind of blends together and then using a, a little a whisk or a food processor to to see the magic of the emulsification that's really exciting for kids I think sometimes parents worry that the kids have to make the entire meal, and I and I don't think that's the case. So often I will be making dinner. My kids cook with me a lot, but it doesn't mean they do everything start to finish. So I'm making dinner. I'm like, hey, do you guys want to come make the you know 
stir, stir something, make the dressing. Um, can you put the marinade on the fish, whatever it is, and then they can go off and do their, their own thing. Um, but they at least have been part of the process and they've contributed a little bit. Um, so, you know, if you have, okay, are yours little? I have six, seven, and nine. So, I mean, a lot of it for the little ones is making sure that they're at a counter that they can see things at. You know, if you get um, a learning tower or just a regular old stool so that they can get to the counter and sort of observe and see what's happening. I think that's a really important part of the process, um, making sure that they are choosing things that they're excited to make, um, you know, letting them flip through a cookbook or a radish book and kind of say, Oh yeah, I like that. Or I I would like to try that. Then they sort of have some buy-in. Um, and you know, there's so much independence and autonomy in cooking. And then the final product, they've made something. So they're so proud of it. I tell moms all the time that cooking is like something we need to honor in the same way we honor and, um, sort of support, soccer practice or theater, piano, like cooking is a real life extracurricular or activity. And, um, when we're adults, we're not really doing gymnastics anymore, you know, or whatever (laughs) we were doing when we were eight every night of the week. Um, but we are cooking. So if your kids show an interest in cooking and and have some, um, excitement in, in the kitchen, by all means, um, sort of honor it and um, empower and enable the kids to sort of learn that skill. I think it's so important that when our kids leave that they have at least some basic kitchen skills because I really didn't. I really didn't know what I was doing. And thank goodness that was when the Food Network became... (laughs) you know, huge because I learned everything I know from Rachel Ray and Emerald Gassi, you know, because (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how to chop an onion properly when I moved out of my house. We just, we were really busy and my mom ran a business and worked incredibly hard and my dad traveled a ton. And so just meals together were very rare in our family and cooking from scratch was really rare. And so it's become a priority of mine to make sure that my kids can at least scramble some eggs, boil some water for pasta, make a grilled cheese sandwich, you know, those kinds of things. Because I think when you eat well, you feel better. And so I want them to be able to go to college and be able to nourish themselves at least a little bit. And I also want them to have those skills for, you know, the future when they, (laughs) you know, when they have their own kids and, um, you know, maybe my son someday he'll be a dad and his wife will want a fried egg sandwich after her baby's born. And, (laughs) you know, it'll be after their baby's born, it'll be really nice if she doesn't have to stand there nursing going, okay, flip the egg, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not speaking from experience. I'm totally not speaking from experience (laughs) right now. But I love that radish gives kids badges, you know, like you've learned this skill. It's a good skill. Learn how to whisk something, learn how to use a spatula, learn how to um, peel garlic. You know, those things are really, really helpful. It's, I mean, we focus so much in homeschooling about making sure our kids are good readers and have math skills and that we cover all those bases, but we need to send them out into the world as functioning members of society too. So... (laughs) You got to eat. <laughs> yes. Another question we get a lot from people, packing lunches. Because our kids don't go to school, so we don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I do it once a week. <laughs> and, and you love it, right, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not my favorite thing. <laughs> I always think at least it's only once a week. (laughs) It is not my favorite thing. I distinctly remember when I left the house, my mom rejoicing that she didn't have to pack lunches anymore. Um, And I've been packing lunches for a while because this is our first year of homeschool. So we've, we've, done preschool and we've, my, my eldest daughter was, um, you know, she went to a traditional school for two years. So, um, I have been doing it for a long time and I am 
really thrilled to only do it three days a week now. And so I, I get it. Um, I do it in the morning. I know some moms do it at night. I am so exhausted at night and I've just finished making dinner and we've cleaned the kitchen. And usually I have a ton of work that I'm going to do. And I, the thought of chopping carrots and making a lunchbox is morbid to me. So <laughs> I would much rather get up 20 minutes earlier by in the solitude of my dark kitchen and, um, you'll see a theme drinking coffee in the morning. <laughs> yeah. but, um, so I do a mix. Um, I, I kind of brainstorm some of my, my kids' favorite lunches. Um, they both like leftovers. So we will do leftovers in a thermos. And this is, I would say, all things that you can bring, whether it's lunch or you were saying, you know, soccer, um, eating in the car, we'll do that too if we're, you know, have something that we're rushing off to after an activity. So I'm, I'm calling these you know, lunches, but really you could do them whenever you needed. Um, so leftovers and, and soup, they will both be very happy with soup. Um, we do, we get the fresh ravioli from Trader Joe's a lot. And that's a good thing to have because it lasts in your fridge for a while. And then if you haven't eaten it, you can stick it in your freezer. I think it cooks in like four minutes. And I usually will add frozen peas to that. So it might be a spinach ravioli or tortellini and then I'll add, you know, frozen peas and some butter and salt. And it's, it's actually pretty good. You know, it's, it's really good. They love having that, um, and leftover pasta in general. We'll do little boxes of salami and cheese and crackers and carrots. There's carrots almost every day. One day last year, my, my son was like, I don't want any more carrots on my lunch. And I was like, you have them every day. (laughs) they, they like carrots. So, you know, there's a lot, there's always a chopped vegetable. Um, usually like I'll do edamame. if I don't have anything fresh frozen edamame. Um, but salami cheese or, and crackers or turkey cheese and crackers is a pretty quick go-to. We do sandwiches, um, peanut butter and jelly once in a while. I, my kids both like it more and more. I think they didn't have it a lot when they were younger. And so now they're like, Oh, peanut butter and jelly is awesome. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> do peanut butter and jelly or almond butter and banana. Um, I put in the thermos, I'll also do plain yogurt and then add frozen berries so that they aren't getting, they think um, flavored yogurt is the biggest treat ever because it's not something I buy at home. And so they have it elsewhere and they are very jealous that they get to have it in other places. Uh, but what we'll do is just a little bit of agave and honey or honey and plain yogurt. And then, um, like mini frozen berries or minute frozen, frozen raspberries. And that's really sweet. And that I try to balance it so that there's a dairy, a grain, a vegetable, um, a protein. Um, if I'm really ahead of the game and we have muffins, they love muffins in their lunchbox. Mm. Um, and it takes time. I mean, there's, there's nothing super fast about packing it all. Um, but as I said before, food is how I show my love to my kids or, you know, hopefully one of the ways. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I, I do, I want them to have a nice lunch and like what we were saying a few minutes ago, um, about not needing to eat everything in one meal, they will, they are hungry at lunchtime. They eat a lot at lunch and almost nothing will come home from school or from whatever activity is. Something about it all being together in little containers makes them want to eat it all. So I find that if, when I pack, you know, the, the very healthy things, they will eat the very healthy things. Um, whereas at dinner on your plate, it's easier to say, I'm not hungry or I don't want that or, you know, skip it. So they do, I don't know, is that helpful, Kate? It it is helpful. helpful. (laughs) And and it's funny that you say that about lunch because we have bento boxes. And if I pack those for lunch or if we take them on the road to go Mm -hmm. for dinner, someplace my kids eat out of those little compartments where they won't if it's on their plate. There's something magical about, my husband thought I was crazy. I was like, I swear they eat the vegetables when they're in this little... Yes. Thing that they can open. <laughs> yep. We, we love ours and, um, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just fun. So I've actually, now I'm, I'd love to pick your brain on this. I know this is a question that you kind of asked a little bit too, Kara. So I hope it's okay if I'm, I'm asking this up back at you. So I've discovered on our homeschool days, our kids, my kids are hungry all day, all day and they want to eat all day. And I'm like, is it cause we're home and we have a kitchen nearby or <laughs> what? So I've actually thought, I, I can't believe I'm thinking this, but I've actually thought about packing snack and lunch for our homeschool days so that 
I'm not constantly like, okay, go get a snack, go get a snack. Like, this is what we're eating. This is, it's all here. Like, you can eat it. I don't care if it's 10 in the morning and you want to eat your lunch, but at least I don't have to stop what I'm doing and kind of go get it. I don't know. Have you guys ever tried that? Is that a wild and crazy idea? <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I, I'll often put out, like, either cut up fruit in the morning with some nuts so that they have something, because we learn in the kitchen, so they can kind of graze as we're eating. Yeah. But I think it's a great idea if you had it pre-planned. I'm just not that organized. Didn't Jamie from Simple Homeschool write a post about that where her kids were packing lunches the night before? We'll have to see if we can find that. And they would actually pack their lunch the night before and then have something ready. And then um, our friend Mary this week gave us an idea actually for like new moms. You know, when somebody has a baby and maybe they have some older kids too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people are always like, oh, I'll bring you a meal. And that's great for dinner or for lunch, Mm -hmm. but, um, her idea was to cut up a bunch of bags of mixed raw vegetables and then give a big tray of different kinds of cut up fruit. And when she told me that I immediately went on Amazon, I ordered two covered Pyrex dishes and I'm going to start doing that here because I don't know, like you said, I don't know what it is. They are always hungry always literally while we're recording this do- this podcast my daughter just came in and made me a note that says what are we having for lunch <laughs> <laughs> they're always hungry so i think it's a great idea to have them pack lunches and i i know you both said it so i not just second but third the idea that little bento boxes are where it's at because we got those for co-op this year and it it's so much easier and You know what else is really nice about them from a mom brain standpoint is that I know exactly how many spots we have to fill. So (laughs) instead of just kind of when they had like a lunch bag and pulling random things out of the cabinet and being like, well, this is the fruit and this is the grain and this is this and putting a bunch of stuff in there and then half of it comes home and it's not eaten. I know I've got four spots. So (laughs) I know exactly what to put in there. So I think that really helps a lot to have those restrictions in place. It's also easier to clean than the older. When we upgraded, I was like, why didn't I do this before when people are first talking about it? Because it makes it so much easier. They can clean them themselves. So I'm not getting this, you know, cloth bag home that needs to go in the wash every single afternoon with one of my kids. Like, what did you do? Did you get a food fight? What happened? There's hummus everywhere. (laughs) Yumbox is the one that we have, and they are definitely leak-proof. Sometimes the yogurt will spill into the other containers, but I think that's because I have runny yogurt. (laughs) Do you make your own yogurt, or...? I don't. I, I always think I should because I know that's a easy thing to do and it saves money and time. Um, but I don't. No, do you? no judgment there at all because <laughs> I think that's actually another key to kind of stay insane when you're with kids eating all the time is you have to kind of find the things that it makes sense to make yourself mm-hmm. and then the kinds of things that you can buy because, you know, and you can find a healthy version that meets all the requirements that you have, you know, like you said, you know, like a yogurt that doesn't have, you know, lots of extra sugar in it or whatever, but, um, you, it's like something's got to give if you're making everything from scratch. I, or helper machines. Like we have a bread machine and my kids love doing that. And there's something about coming home and having to have smelly homemade bread. Delicious, but not a lot of work. You can task your kids with doing because it's just sort of assembly and putting it in. That's a great idea. And that's one of those things that's worth it. You cut into a loaf of homemade bread and it's like, oh man, you know, um, where, that with the crock pot, whereas man. The, the reason I yeah the reason I asked you about the yogurt was because the one attempt I made at it it was very very runny yogurt and I thought this is not worth it and nobody liked it so <laughs> that's what happened when we made yogurt yeah and then I tried it again and it was the same thing it's like Everyone's okay crying. I quit I quit yogurt <laughs> the instant pot do you have an instant pot. I don't. You don't? Okay. Because I was just going to say, speaking of helper machines, for years and years and years, I would make homemade chicken stock on the stove all day long, makes the kitchen smell wonderful, everything's great, 
one time I tried it in the instant pot. It took like a half an hour and everybody was like, this is the best chicken soup you've ever made, mom. And I'm thinking, okay, the instant pot wins. I thought my old fashioned method of <laughs> all day long, like my angles. I haven't, I need to see it for myself. You know, I think I read all these things and I, I think I need to, my colleague has, I need to have her bring it into work and make something at work and yeah. let me see the magic because I think I will like it. I just have, I'm not there yet. Um, I actually, I do my chicken stock overnight after we, like I put the carcass in the crock pot overnight and then in the morning we wait, it, you know, we've got chicken stock, which is nice, but mm-hmm. 15 minutes, that's pretty good. <laughs> it, it was, it is mad. Yeah. But the problem is that I'm running into this year is that you need to do all your prep right then. So if you're having the issue like we have with soccer, where we're always during this big chunk of time where you would be making your dinner, it's not working for us now because I can't come home after soccer at seven and then throw everything in. It's just too late for us. But it is like if you're able to prep right then and toss it all in, it's great. And I think it works well for some things like, um, we make black beans in our crock pot mm-hmm. and we just start them in the morning and it's literally rinse dry black beans, water, a bay leaf, some onion and a bunch of cumin. And it just goes all day in the crock pot on low. And then we have black bean tacos or, you know, quesadillas or black bean soup you can make out of it. There's all kinds of things. It's, it, they're great. And I tried making them in the instant pot and they just weren't as good. So I think it kind of depends on what you're making. Cookbooks or favorite resources that you turn to? Do you have anything in particular that is a favorite? Yeah. My all-time favorite cookbook um, for feeding your family is it's probably 10 or 15 years old now, at least it's called time for dinner. And it was, um, made by cookie magazine, which has been gone for a long time. I don't know if you remember that magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Re- Jenny Rosenstrock, I think is how you say her name, um, was one of the editors there and are in the book. And I, I love, I love it because it tells you if you have this ingredient here are four ideas. Um, if you've got this ingredient, here's four strategies. Um, it'll do different takes on, um, traditional recipes and then five ways that you can sort of riff off of them. So, and I find they all come together really quickly and they're all great recipes. I'm one of those people that I read cookbooks all the time, but I don't follow them. Like I I love looking at them. I read Bon Appetit, my favorite magazine. I read Sunset, but I'm never following a recipe. So I like the inspiration and I like to dog ear the pages and think I'm going to one day pull it out and make it. And I just that isn't it. And, um, and actually that's one of the reasons why I started this spreadsheet because now I have, I did it in, um, Google sheets so that I can use it on my phone in the kitchen. And then it has all the tabs at the bottom organized by grain, side, pasta, vegetable. And so then I'm using that as a cookbook resource. So things, cause I was finding like I'd make something, everyone would love it. And I would never remember to make it <laughs> like ever, <laughs> like not even just ask for it. Like, I don't even remember what it was because I just cooked based on idea and inspiration. And I was like, well, this is silly. I'm reinventing the wheel like every week. So, um, just putting all of our sort of favorite go-tos in that spreadsheet and then, you know, okay, we've got, we're having soup and looking at five soups that I, you know, that I know the kids like, um, I have Sarah Waldman's cookbook, feeding a family and it's a beautiful cookbook. And, um, she's just a, she's got two beautiful boys and it's just, just lovely to look at and think about, you know, the purpose. I think all three of us are talking about and sort of the richness of why we want to feed our family healthy and, and make time for it from the nourishing of the bodies, but also the minds and what happens, you know, at the dinner table or the breakfast table, if you've got soccer, um, 
So those are sort of some of my go-tos. Now we've had, you know, we've Radish's been around for, this is the end of our fourth year. So we have a lot of recipes in our house. And so my daughter flips through her cookbook and chooses recipes that she wants us to make. And I won't use a lot of Radish recipes even without the kids because like we did a three sisters stew. I don't know if you have that one, um, Kara, but it's, uh, we, we did it a couple of years ago and it is like one of my favorite go-to fall recipes and I'll do it in the crock pot. I'll do it regular. And half the time my kids aren't necessarily doing it with me. I just know it's something that we want to make and, and do. So that's become a real resource at this point now too, which is, which is nice. Picky eaters. <laughs> I have two kids that eat really, really well. And then I have one that sweats peanut butter. We always say like, he would just be fine. Like he would just live on peanut butter all day long. So how do you encourage, um, the, the kids that don't really necessarily want to eat anything you make and that live on air? (laughs) It's, it's hard because kids come in and out of these phases and sometimes it's a textural thing. Sometimes it's, you know, a will and a stubbornness and sometimes they just haven't tried it yet. So that's, you know, a couple of those techniques I'll use. We'll, we'll talk about having a hello bite, giving it one bite. Um, we say that you, you can't say, or sorry, you say, don't yuck my yum. So if a kid's like, Oh, that's so gross. I hate that. And we just say, Oh, don't yuck my yum because you don't want to make other people feel badly for liking. I love that. Mm -hmm. So we do that a lot. Don't yuck my yum. And then, um, oh, well, you just, you need some vocabulary, right, to talk about foods that they don't like. So instead of like, ew, that, I don't like that, you might just say, um, I, I I don't enjoy eating that yet. <laughs> I'll try it again next time. And so <laughs> that you're keeping a really positive dialogue mm-hmm. about the food and sort of less pressure um, for picky eaters. And I also, I, I try not to say the word picky eater because I think there is a negative connotation with it. So, so often the child doesn't eat it because they keep hearing their mom say, Oh, he's picky. He doesn't, he doesn't like anything green. I'm like, well, he's never going to eat anything green. If you keep having him, he doesn't like it. <laughs> so, um, we serving things sort of family style at the table. So letting kids help themselves to what they want and making sure that they are encouraged to try a little bit of everything, but rather than just getting a plate that's dumped on, you know, everything. And if they don't want it, then they feel a little bit of less pressure. Um, but getting kids like what you're saying, you know, going to the grocery store and getting the spaghetti squash, I think letting kids have some buy-in. So giving it your, is it your son? You said that mm-hmm. you know, the youngest, you know, giving, giving him a cookbook. Well, what, what looks good here? What might you want to try? Um, Mm -hmm. having him help you in the kitchen. We always say, I think I said this before, but kids who cook eat. So just the more exposure and it might not happen overnight. You can't just say, okay, well we tried cooking once and he still didn't like that. So we're done. You know, it takes time and exposure. Mm -hmm. And so often my kids won't want the finished product, but they'll eat the product in the raw form as we're making it. So, um, you know, they're suddenly they've eaten all of the red peppers that we're going to go into a stir fry, but now they've eaten the red pepper. So big deal, you know, they eat the red pepper. <laughs> Um, so just kind of that constant exposure, I think is, is really helpful in encouraging kids to try, try new things. Um, we played a game we did this maybe a year ago. Last March, we did a color-themed kit, and we sent kids home with it was like an eat a rainbow kind of guide, and, and I can share it with you if you want to give it to your uh, listeners. But basically, again, my family, you can hear my son's very competitive. He's only five, but he was so jazzed to eat enough of every, and, and it was the same as the tally marks, you know, it's like, I ate something green check. I ate something red. And he was really, really motivated and, um, turning that into, you know, a bigger project or, you know, um, a bigger charting project is just a way to kind of expose your kids to new flavors. Another thing that we like to do is put a map on our kitchen wall so that when we're eating different foods from different places, we're sort of acknowledging where they come from, whether it's how the food is sort of cultivated or, or, you know, why a particular ingredient is from that part of the world. Um, so I don't know, maybe sort of 
latching onto some of your son's other interests. Um, you know, you could study peanuts and have peanuts. Like that's a crazy way peanuts are grown, right? So like <laughs> the history of peanuts and how you make peanut butter and maybe making your own peanut butter and then talking about what other things grow like peanuts. Can we give any of those a try? Like what else? Great is- idea else can we put peanut butter on other than a piece of bread um, and just kind of experimenting with something you know is a win for him already and mm-hmm. using that as a stepping stone for discovering other ingredients or styles of cooking. I love that. That's perfect. Peanut unit study coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that it love keeps it. it so positive because like you said, once, yeah. you know, once you get labeled as a picky eater, it's like, well, I'm not even going to try it because I'm a picky eater. So why do I try it? <laughs> I read something really good forever ago and I don't remember where I read it, but um, somebody said, try a bite. It might surprise you. And just, you know, not push it, but just kind of hands off, like, try a bite. It might surprise you. Because then kids don't feel like if they said, no, that looks gross. And then they're like, oh, wait, it's actually pretty good. You know, they they don't have to feel like, well, I was wrong. And I have to admit to being wrong about that. They can just kind of be like, oh, yeah, it did surprise me. It's not so bad. So that's a great word, surprise. Yeah, we used to try that sometimes. Try a bite. It might surprise you. And then you might still get the, ugh. And we did the same thing where it's, you don't have to eat it. But you can't say unkind things because somebody worked hard to make it, somebody worked hard to grow it, so we're just going to move along. Maybe we could each share a tip for, you know, okay, so we're homeschool moms, right? All day long. We're going, going, going with our kids. We get to dinner, and it can be so stressful, and... It doesn't, it doesn't feel like, I mean, we're just sort of, it's this marathon of like, I just want to get through this and put something on the table so I can check out for the day (laughs) and be done a little bit and get these kids in, you know, in the tub and into bed. So do you guys have a tip for taking a little bit of the pressure out of dinner time? Often if I'm doing meal prep or trying to get everything quickly on the table and I don't it's not that I don't want them in the kitchen with me, but I don't want them kind of in my path if we're rushing. I'll put out, um, I call it lunchtime learning, but I do it at all the meals. I have a, a drawer in my kitchen that has all sorts of little trivia decks or little travel games that they can just do at the kitchen island and I can sort of do with them, but I can also move around and get all the stuff down. And it makes it a little bit less stressful or I'll put on a podcast like, um, wow in the world they love right now and it's a science podcast and they'll just sit there and color and I can kind of get stuff done if it's one of those rush situation where you're just kind of like scrambling because they need to be in bed because they have to be there tomorrow I'm picking up on that vibe you just threw out there (laughs) those would be my two tips what about you Samantha I find that in those settings they're often hungry and that's intensifying the moment because they're hungry and they'll ask for ridiculous things to eat and I'm like well you know we're not having cookies right now (laughs) Um, so I'll put out like hors d'oeuvre platters and it uh, it oftentimes is the healthy good stuff because they're hungry and it's before dinner and I make it kind of like I'll serve it on a big cutting board or a pretty board and it's all prepped and they will eat it all and it'll occupy them and, um, keep them, keep them busy. Um, and have them play a game, um, you know, whether it's Uno is the most popular game in our house at the moment, and I'm looking for new ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it'll be something they'll just sit there and they'll munch and they'll play and they'll have conversation. Um, my daughter is a big reader, and usually she eventually just starts reading. Um, but that sort of allows me to kind of get going. I also, they set the table and they've been setting the table for a long time. And so maybe they'll make it look extra fancy. I'll, I'll have them do something special for the table so that they're occupied doing that, um, and making little place settings or something nice. Um, there's just adds them, gives them a little project to keep them going. And it's still focused on our family meal. 
Awesome. Kate, you don't have any game ideas for Samantha, do you? (laughs) Kate is like the game master. (laughs) She has so many many posts with games and ideas. I will definitely read more of those. I think the problem right now is I've got all these fun games I want to play, and my son is like... Not there yet. to master something. So right now, it was Candyland, so thank goodness we've moved past that. Um, No... You know what I find I can play while I'm cooking is headbands. Do you guys know Uh, that game? (laughs) Because literally all you have to do is wear a headband and ask questions. So it's... (laughs) Wait, so have you seen the app? Did I show you this? I want to. I saw you shared it on Instagram stories one time or something. And I've meant to ask you what... The soccer sideline. (laughs) Yes. Yes. What this game is. Is it just it's hilarious? For... I think Ellen DeGeneres did it. I think yeah. it's a dollar. So it's totally affordable. <laughs> it's headbands. Um, it has all different kinds of categories. We usually do animals because a lot of the other ones my kids don't get or act it out. And so you take your phone, you put it on your head like you would headbands, and it does a countdown. And the people, and the best part is it's filming the people acting it out. <laughs> So they have to give you clues, and then if you get it right, you put your phone down and flip it back up again, and a new clue will come up. Or you can pass by facing your phone up toward the ceiling. And it has saved us at restaurants, waiting rooms, soccer sidelines, you name it. It was like the best dollar. Um, what is it called that we haven't mentioned the name? I have to look. Heads, heads up heads or heads up. Heads up, heads up I think. Oh, how fun. Okay, we'll link to it in the show notes for sure. Um, Okay, so my tip, I'm actually just asking if this is okay that I do this. (laughs) I'm actually just asking for permission. Um, Sometimes I need to kick my kids out of the kitchen if I'm making something for the first time. And I learned this about myself because... I'm a vegetarian and I'm a little scared of meat. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm not scared of it. Like I know it's already dead. It's not going to attack me or anything. I'm scared of it. Like I, I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong and I'm going to poison my whole family and give them, you know, sickness or something. So if I'm making something for the first time, I just have to say like, okay, I'm going to make this one once on my own. And then next time we'll make it together because I'm just afraid of screwing up and then having nothing for dinner. So... I like to cook with my kids, but I've just learned this about myself that sometimes I just can't the first time. I think that's okay. You're processing. <laughs> I give you permission. Take those kids out. That's all I needed. I just needed. Focus on your recipe. Okay. So what's bringing you joy this week, Kate? So we finished Trumpet of the Swan, and on your advice, we then listened to the audiobook read by E.B. White, and it was magical. Totally magical with the sound effects and him and just everything. It was fantastic. So thank you. Oh, I love him. I love that recording. Um, But I can't, I can't listen to Charlotte's web at all because I'll just sob. But (laughs) we had to, because I can't read that one aloud. (laughs) Right here. I can't read it. Are you guys reading that now? We've started it, um, but we, my daughter's read it a few times and I, I've started as a read aloud and it, it's, it's sad. I, uh, yeah, I, I can't do it. And then it's just, okay. So it's just as bad with E.B. White because then he adds this like wonderful grandfatherly voice to it. And it's just, mm-hmm. I can't do it. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I still cry during it, but at least I don't have to read that part. <laughs> <laughs> My kids make fun of me anytime. We watched um, what's the Inside Out? Oh yeah, Is that right? yeah. With with Bing Bong and that part, I don't want to give it away for people, but I was sobbing. And they still they'll watch it, and then they turn around at that part to watch to see if I'm crying. And they're like, no matter how many times we see this movie, Mom always cries. <laughs> Even like out in the kitchen, removed from them, I'm out there like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. Yes. So I couldn't read that one. (laughs) So what's bringing you joy this week, Kara? My daughter's candle company started and it sold out in half a day. And it was so encouraging to her. And so to everybody that bought bought a candle or a couple candles, I just, I want to say thank you. It, 
she has this, okay, so she has this map that she started putting penguin stickers uh, in places where she got orders. She's so excited. Okay. She feels so like empowered right now. So it's just, it's just so wonderful to see as a mom. So the photo that you posted of her <laughs> is just, that is joy just in an image right there. She, she is yeah. so happy. Yeah, she was. I'm going to get all like, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been so, um, I just really appreciate it that everybody has been so supportive of her and, um, her, her company's going to be restocked with candles very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Cause I want mine. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Samantha? What is bringing you joy? So I have been experiencing a lot of joy watching my daughter read and her passion and love of reading. Um, and I, I had this moment the other day. I, I think I don't tell her enough that it's a beautiful thing that she's doing because I think it's she's just sitting on the couch reading. And I, and I realize I'm really focusing on um, acknowledging great things that my kids are doing. And I realized that was a great thing, but it wasn't something I was ever saying because she was just quietly reading on her own. And so I watched her this past weekend. She read Wonder in, um, I think, like two days. And I we got it from the library, and I thought we were going to read it together. Um, but she doesn't let me get in there enough. <laughs> she just does it, and she just moves through books so quickly. And she just loved it. And I realized that she is experiencing a lot of joy reading, and I'm experiencing joy sort of just watching her cultivate that love. And I said to her the other night, I said, Cecily, I, I love watching you read and you're a, an amazing reader. And reading is a skill that not everyone loves the way you do. And that's a really incredible thing that, that you love doing. And, and there's plenty of times where we're trying to be some, get somewhere and she won't stop reading or we're late and like brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. And she, you know, is like putting her finger up, like at a stopping point. And then she starts a new chapter. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so I think a lot of it, I'm like bugging, nagging her while her reading, while she's reading. And like, that's totally unfair to nag somebody while they're engrossed in a, in a book. So, um, I, I complimented her and I said, I just, I love what you're doing and I'm really proud of you and, and, and it's hard work. And, um, and it's really special. And she kind of like paused and looked at me and she's like, thank you, mommy. And so it really reminded me that, um, that that's a really amazing, beautiful thing that she's, she has this gift and love for reading books and we can't get enough quick enough from the library. Mm. I love that. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so good. I think this is a topic that all moms think about all day long. And, if, if, you know, the minute breakfast is over, we're on to lunch and dinner and it doesn't go away there. It's seven days a week. And so, <laughs> so <true. laughs> it's just really nice to put it out in the open and realize that we're all real people with, you know, with, if, this is real. <laughs> this is part of, part of life. And, um, it's nice to talk about it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next. So head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com and click on ask us a question. We share posts over there too. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister.